Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is our number two on a numbers game brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Gil Alexander, uh, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Link Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, the YouTube TV. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Later this hour, Michael Lombardi. Oh, so many questions. Too many questions for one segment. It's a shame he has a show after this that he has to do, so I can't, I can't really bother him for more than one. It's not a shame. You get it. I'm being selfish about it because uh, I'd like to talk to Lombardi for an hour if I could, but a whole bunch of football, uh, NFL-related questions for him. Uh, and, and, oh, Mikhail, once again with his F1 picks, a documented 1-0 and on this show. Did you document that, Jeff? 1-0 and for plus one unit. He hit a minus 150, and the guy was bragging like it, you know, it was the greatest thing on earth. It's gotten to his head. He's already taken two vacation weeks next next couple weeks after it's, this. It's, it's he's ruined. Yeah. He's ruined already. He's going to give us a pick today, and then he's and going on vacation gonna, for two he's weeks. He's going to win. He's going to disappear for two weeks, and then in two weeks he'll uh, come back and uh, and brag some more to us on Tuesday morning. We'll do a few minutes with. Uh, it's funny he sent you graphics too. Like you have graphics for his. Oh, thing? Yeah, we have a we have a graphic. <laughs> yes. Born in Houston, raised in Dubai as an Englishman. Mikhail joins us later for F one picks. Um, We'll get into that as well. But first, ladies and gentlemen, oh, did you hear this other thing? Before we get to Jason, uh, uh, they found a they found a body in the parking lot yesterday after the show. Where were you at around ten thirty yesterday, Joe? Just curious. I was actually eating eating a lunch in the EDR downstairs. Mm, were you? Yes, I was. Were you? Yeah, I, you, can, mm. you, you, can, you can check my uh, ID here. Okay, <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Where was Mikhail? That's a better question. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, to talk baseball with us, Jason Weingarten. At Spreadopedia on Twitter. How you doing, Jason? 
I'm good. How's it going? Doing going very well, Jason. We have much to get to here. Let's start with with your your cause with the AL Rookie of the Year, Wander or pardon me, Vander Franco. Correct pronunciation. Uh, Eleven to one, like really not getting any love in this market. Randy Rosarena remains the favorite for AL Rookie of the Year. What say you about that? I think he's the Rookie of the Year already. You know, if I had a vote, it wouldn't even be a question who to vote for. You'd vote for um, Franco, I've, I've, just to clarify. Franco, you'd vote for. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. A thousand, thousand percent. I've discussed it with various other people. Um, there's a lot of different opinions. Some people don't think he has a legitimate shot to win because he's played so few games. But I just don't really see how you could you know, look at his numbers versus anybody else rookie in the AL rookie class and say that this isn't the best rookie. You know, it, it seems really simple to me. Uh, so I, I have not wavered. I'm excited for the game today. Um, I won't be surprised when he doesn't win, but I, I really <laughs> think he's the, yeah. the best rookie, and there's really no argument. He's here. he's the fourth choice over at, at uh, DraftKings. Randy Arosarena minus 175. Ryan Mountcastle of the Orioles at four to one. Uh, Texas yeah, those numbers are wrong. Texas those Rain- numbers are, are wrong. Yeah, Adalis Garcia, Texas Rangers, seven to one, and then Vonder at eleven to one. So you bring up these numbers are wrong, and and I asked you this last night on primetime action. So I'm going to ask you again for the numbers game audience because I think this is the one sort of thing in the back of my mind that I that I find the most fascinating. We are so close to the sun on all of this: Cy Youngs, Rookies of the Year, MVPs, whatever the award. And I just, because this is not, these are not counting stats, right? Like, oh, look, Salvador Perez has 47 home runs. He right now is in the driver's seat for the most home runs in Major League Baseball. That is not a disputed fact. That's what happened. He hit the ball over the fence 47 times. Uh, Obviously, Guerrero with 46 and Shohei with 45. These are awards. These are subjective, right? These are human beings voting on something. So I just want to throw this out there because I think it deserves to be mentioned. I was, I was saying at the top of the show, I was in the Bay in San Francisco a couple weekends ago, and my buddy Aaron, who's not a better but is a huge baseball fan and a huge Giants fan, full disclosure, he says to me very as a matter of, you know, very a matter of factly, he's like, so, uh, Gilly, like, Brandon Crawford is totally the MVP in the NL, right? And I just, I was amused by that, but it did trigger something in my brain where I was like, what if, like, we're so wrapped up in our little betting markets that we're not even on the right scent? I'm not saying Brandon Crawford's necessarily going to win it, but what if he ends up, like, third? Would you be that surprised? I'd be surprised if he ended up third. I'd be surprised if the finishing order for NL MVP is anything but Harper, Soto, Tatis in some order. But beyond that, I mean, there's 10 spots for MVP, so... You have the opportunity to put guys fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, et cetera. Um, so he should show up on some ballots. He deserves to show up on some ballots. But to win, no, I, I would not I would, consider I, him a candidate to win. I just think a month from now, people should know that. So, the, so these guys vote, guys and gals, whoever has votes, they vote on this right at the end of this week. But we don't find out the results till after the postseason. So everybody with these awards tickets, uh, you know, uh, bets, you still got to wait 30 more days till the early, till early November before we find out the results. Here are the National League MVP odds currently uh, at BetMGM. Bryce Harper's minus 275. Juan Soto is at plus 375. He's gotten as low as 3 to 1 in the last few days at some shops. 
And uh, then there's Tatis at plus 550. I think Tatis is uh, is dead money right now. Oh, look, Paul Goldschmidt make the, uh, made the graphic at 80 to 1. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in there. Um, but, you know, I, I, we, we had this conversation last night, too, and I think this is the, the fairest point about everything. Could it be that, that the NL MVP, like we, we don't know the voters, we're not surveying them, but is it your hunch that for NL MVP and maybe also for both Cy Youngs, that it is still not determined by most voters until what happens this week happens? I think it's undetermined, but I, I do think if, in most cases the odds are, you know, directionally accurate. So they, 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 they sometimes have the, the, you know, the favorites in the correct order or near the correct prices. Um, you know, Juan Soto still got work to do. If he wants to win the MVP, he uh, kind of had a couple, couple pedestrian type games at Coors. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's it, he needs to do more. He needs to get that batting title, um, which sort of dropped out of out of reach yesterday. Not necessarily out of reach, but you know, he took a little step backwards. Um, but there's more work to do. It's not over till it's over. And you know, I always talk about when I write stuff for for Vison and. Uh, when I'm when I'm on the air, I, I don't like to call awards early. Um, I just don't like to do it, and the the reason is generally because things don't stop happening. You know, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, so all those points well taken. But if like, so if Zach Wheeler had thrown a complete game shutout yesterday, which he didn't, and the Phillies were have to were, were would have gained ground on the on the Braves instead of losing ground. Because the Phillies could be eliminated tonight. It could be over for the Phillies. They could become as irrelevant as the Padres and the Nationals, too. So if that had happened, different story for Zach Wheeler's candidacy, perhaps for NL Cy Young. Same thing applies for Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole in the AL, Max Scherzer and Corbin Burns, maybe even Walker Bueller, for all we know, in the National League. And I'm just saying, if Juan Soto goes out and goes another four, you know, let's say he gets on base four times again tonight, and Bryce Harper has another O for whatever. It, I mean, it's amazing how that will skew the market, won't it? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect to see a ton of movement in the NL the NL MVP market to the end of the season. Um, I think. I think Soto's going to end up being the underdog, even going into voting this weekend. But uh, it really will come down to you know, like you just said, if, if Harper has another you know O for four game with two strikeouts tonight, that'll That'll, you know, be noticeable. It'll you know, all this stuff will will reflect in the end of the season stats when people sit down to vote. All right, so let's do rapid fire. I did this with Spore yesterday. Let me do it with you. Who you would vote for and who you think is going to win? Al Cy Young. Who would you vote for? Who you think is going to win? Uh, Robbie Ray and Robbie Ray, but there's a chance that changes after today with uh, Cole pitching a very important game. <laughs> okay, National League, same thing. Who would you vote for? Who do you think is going to win? Maybe it's the same answer. Who would I vote for? Uh, I convinced myself I'd probably vote for Zach Wheeler. But I think you can make a very compelling case that Corbin Burns was the best pitcher in baseball this year. Uh, I think Scherzer's still got the inside track with one more start. But um, I don't know. I think this is the award that's most up for grabs. This is the one I said last night. I have Wheeler second. I have Wheeler second, and the market has him like, 25 to 1, 35 to 1. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, especially Tom Tom Tango's model, which I've I've talked about many times. He has them second as well. 
Um, and his model has predicted accurately the winner of every Cy Young since 2006. And every Cy Young's either finished first or second in his model. So um, I, I still think Wheeler's got got a chance. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's so fascinating because Julio Urias, what is he, 19-3? and three? It, It's like, yeah. what What if he wins a 20th game? Then what? He's got, no, he's got no chance. But if you, I mean, if you look at the, if this was 1991, he'd probably win. Right. Strike out in any and under, under three ERA, and you're not even giving him consideration. It's like, what else can you do? But that, that's why I get back to what I was saying before. Like, like, maybe we have all of this wrong. Like, maybe these voters aren't as analytics woke as we think they are, right? And they're like, and they're still voting like it's 1991. They're like, hey, Julio Rios is 20 and three. Give me, I, this is what I'm just curious about, right? Who knows? What's the Shohei Vladimir Guerrero percentage difference going to be? Is it going to be closer than we think it's going to be? I don't know. Uh, let's go to uh, then, of course, here before the break, NL MVP. Who do you vote for? Who do you think is going to win? I'm voting for Soto. I think Soto's. I've been, you know, it, it occurs to me, we've been talking about Soto since last season. Yeah. I've been saying, hey, you got to bet Soto at 100 to 1. He's the best player in baseball, not named Mike Trout. You know, what, what else do you want from him? He, you know, he's playing on a bad team, and every stat is amazing. I could spend the rest of the segment telling you Juan Soto facts, but we've already done that. Yeah. So um, I'd vote for him. I do think Harper is still the leader. You know, if, if, if today's the, the vote, he's, he's the number one in the clubhouse, but it's, it's going to change. I think it's going to change down the stretch. Jason, hang out. Let's talk some more and find out what you bet today in Major League Baseball. Jason Weingart right here on a numbers game at Vison. The Sports Betting Network and Michael Lombardi still to come this hour. And Mikhail on F1 coming back. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free martha stewart the original influencer when i think about anything i think about the way that she did it first the media mogul the six years ahead she saw what was coming the prisoner the rise the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your Visa free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything Visa has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Um, every Wednesday of the baseball season, we have day baseball right? Like multiple day baseball games. Here we are the final week of the season. We have pennant races, wild card races, nary a game, like one meaningless game at course. Meaningless unless you have Juan Soto MVP tickets. But you know what I mean. How does baseball miss this opportunity? Can't compete with the Champions League, Gil. <laughs> that Paul Carr on, man. We missed an opportunity. Big upset in Champions League? Biggest ever? There's a team from Moldova. Yes. Sheriff uh-huh. went to Real Madrid as a 25 to 1 on the money line shot and wow. won 2 to 1. Man, unless you're watching 90 Day Fiance, Moldova might not mean anything to you, but not, <laughs> not there you go. I knew Jason would get it. That is Moldova gets the win. We'll have Paul Carr on later this week to talk. I had I had uh, I don't know if you heard this Jason. I had Josh Towers on earlier and I was asking him questions about the last week of the season from a player's perspective. Um and, and several things. One, you know, does a team like the Red Sox going into Baltimore, is there really a feeling of being tight versus a team that has nothing to play for? When it comes to the Cardinals, who now have nothing to play for because they've secured the number two wild card, can't win the division, but they have a 17-game winning streak, do they care about that winning streak now the last few days of the season? And a team like the Padres. The Padres, who are now sub-500, their season is lost. The most disappointing team in baseball besides the Twins, but maybe in, in some respects even more so because there were so many postseason expectations of them. Clubhouse strife, Tatis pouting, and in the end, do they care enough? They get to play the Dodgers and the Giants. Do they care enough to influence who ends up winning the division and, and not? Or are they already thinking about Cancun? And I thought all of those answers were interesting. I'm not sure if those inform any of your picks today, but what did you end up picking? I bet the Yankees today. I thought you were getting a good price with them overnight. It was like minus 110 each way. And I bet the Mariners, I got I got like plus 102 when I bet it before I went to sleep. I see it's slightly like minus 102 right now. It's moved a little bit, but it's still a good bet. I'm actually excited for that game. I, Me too. I really did not expect that we would be, you know, three, four days out to the end <laughs> of the season and the, the Mariners would be a game back in the wild card. They're not even a game back. They're a half game back, a half game behind. Yeah, one game behind in the loss column, but a half game behind the Red Sox for the number two wild card position. And just to just to let folks know how unbelievable this is, because we've said many, many times this year, oh, my God, the Mariners are still in. Oh, my God, the Mariners won't go away. How is How have they not regressed yet? The Mariners are 88 and 70. 
By the way, I just I want to point this out too. The Astros haven't clinched the West either. That's like a little point we never make either. The Astros have been merrily going along like, ah, oh, the West is theirs to win. But that division hasn't been clinched yet either. The Mariners are four and a half back. But the Mariners are a half game out of the wild card race with a minus 50 run differential. The Blue Jays are a half game behind them with a plus 167 run differential. So think about that. That's a 217 run difference. And the Mariners are up on them by a half a game. That is out of control. Uh, here are the remaining strength of schedule here. Last uh, five or four games uh, of the teams that are still in, in the American League in terms of the wild card. Um, we did not put the Astros in. We're figuring the Astros will get there in the AL West. But in terms of the wild card race, the A's could be eliminated tonight, but the rest of them are in a scrum. What would you make the Yankees right now in the driver's seat and the number one wild card position after that win last night and the Red Sox loss? But what would you make a Yankees Mariners wild card line, Jason? You said Yankees Mariners wild yeah, card line? Yankees. If the Yankees are hosting, let's assume the Yankees are hosting, which is a big assumption because there's still possibilities of a three way tie and a four way tie. All those are still on the table. But let's say the Yankees do host the wild card game and they face the Mariners. What would that what would that betting line be? Well, I'm guessing it's it's going to be Garrett Cole in the as the starter for the Yankees. Um, I'm not even sure who the Mariners would start. Who do you think the Mariners would start? I have I, no I idea. No idea. Gilbert, maybe. Yeah. I would maybe go Tyler Gilbert. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Yankees minus two hundred. Maybe even a little higher. Higher. Um, yeah, you know, Stanton, Judge, Garrett Cole versus team with a negative run differential. I don't know what you're, uh, what you're really hoping for there. <laughs> now, as opposed to if it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, right, with the Red Sox still clinging on to the number two wildcard position, despite their loss to the Orioles yesterday, they get two more games against the Orioles, three more against the Nationals. They got the easiest remaining schedule in baseball. If it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, you got to assume it's Cole and Sale. And then that's, I mean, that's a completely different proposition. The Yankees are barely a favorite in that game. Yeah, probably, probably a yeah. pretty, pretty more competitive line. Get a short total, probably seven, flat seven, maybe. Yeah, Blue Jays still out there saying we still have something to do about this. I know you do, Blue Jays, but you're not looking good. Um, and then in the National League, if it's well, before we get to that, I, I interrupted your pick flow. So you're on the Yankees tonight, and what else are you on? The Mariners, Mariners, you're saying? Okay. Mariners. So Yankees and Mariners are your two picks. So then in the National League, I talked about this with Spore, and you were actually listening, and you wanted to chime in on this. If it's, I asked him, I said, okay, if the if the Dodgers host the Cardinals, and it's looking more and more like that, with five games left in the season, the Dodgers still two behind the Giants in the NL West. By the way, Brandon Belt was placed retroactively on the IR, uh, uh, 10-day IL, rather. So uh, he will be gone till midweek next week, so right as the division series are starting at a minimum. Um, what would you make a Dodgers-Cardinals-Scherzer-Wainwright wild card game, I would imagine? Dodgers are going to be a big favorite in that game, even though they probably shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I don't really know exactly what number it's going to be off the top of my head. I, I heard... You guys say like 190, you thought? 180, we thought. And my reaction was probably, even though it shouldn't be, probably. I think it'll probably be a little lower than that. Not not a ton lower, but, um, you know, 
I've already thought about it, and I I just keep thinking, you know, you got to bet on the the Cardinals if you're getting a crazy price like that in a wild card game. You know, it's a wild card game; anything yeah. can happen. You must, you know? yes. You would have to. I, I think I think the sharp money will be on the Cardinals in a wild card game. Okay, and then beyond that, we have just a couple minutes here. Beyond that, you know, okay, postseason about to start. Is there a team that is still alive? Uh, or maybe maybe a team that's obvious. Maybe maybe they're staring us right in the fa- face. As we look at pennant odds, as we look at World Series odds, is there a team out there where, like, are the Giants undervalued? Are the Cardinals? The Giants are like, you can get them as high as 8-1 to one still. The Cardinals are 22-1 to one in some spots to win the whole thing. Or is there a team like the Blue Jays on the outside looking in that you would take a flyer on? Who are we forgetting about here, Jason? Where's the value right now? I think the Braves probably slightly undervalued. They don't get a lot of credit for being pretty good, consistently good. Um, they're a team I really don't want to see in the playoffs. But otherwise, I think the market's fairly accurate this year with futures pricing. It's uh, not, not a ton of value in the futures market this year. Is there a team, this is way in advance because obviously we have a whole postseason to get through, but is there a team that way underperformed this year? that you're like, you know what, just looking ahead, the way too early thought about the 2020, uh, 2022 baseball season where you're like, no one's going to be thinking about this team, but I will be. I started looking at MVP stuff for the next season. <laughs> um, guys, I think, aren't, aren't are, are going to be good values early, but I, I haven't really looked at teams yet. I think I'll, I'll wait for the offseason. There's new collective bargaining I mean, uh, also, I'll probably wait a couple months before I start thinking about that. Did you want to share a name or two, or would you rather not hear, Jason? No, I'll wait. I'll wait. There's okay. nobody that's going to end up front-running me. Okay. No, I, I understand. I understand. I knew, I knew to be cautious with that question. Uh, okay, and then last thing. Um, as we go here to the postseason, what is the – what are the if, if, if we have matchups like, let's say, the Giants and Dodgers – um, and you can anticipate what the division series matchups will be. Is there one that you've thought of that you're thinking, I can't wait for this matchup because I know they're going to jack up this series line? Yankees Rays. I was thinking about that last night. I think that's that's sort of like the the potential main event in the, uh, the AL bracket. I think uh, you know the the Yankees have this sort of they've underperformed all season narrative, which which kind of not true they've just been streaky you know they still have 88 wins or 90 wins whatever it is a lot um i think the yankees are kind of you know the what have you done for me lately sort of team they're either everybody loves them or everybody hates them i think i think the playoffs gonna be a good good spot for them with stanton judge cole i mean you got your you know your aces yeah but what you do you win in the playoffs Jason Weigard, everybody, at Spreadopedia from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. Jason, looking forward to the wide world of Weingarten Podcast. Let's get it going, man. It's coming. Hopefully, end of the week should be starting. I love it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Talk to you later, mate. It's Gil Alexander coming back. Mikhail on F1. Michael Lombardi on the NFL. And Jeff and I go over. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Glad you could join us this morning on a numbers game. Whether you take us in through YouTube, through iHeart, however you take us in, we appreciate it. Uh, Michael Lombardi still to come this hour. We'll talk NFL with him momentarily. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by popular demand, 
F1 with Mikhail. How you doing, man? You good? I'm good. What about you, Gail? I'm doing very well. Now, refresh everybody's memory, Mikhail. Um, you were uh, born in Arizona and moved to Babylonia. Where, what was your background? Born in Houston, Texas oh, to Indian right. parents, raised in the Middle East, and raised as an Englishman. Raised as an Englishman. And last week, you were a documented 1-0 and with Lewis Hamilton coming home. Were you fortunate in winning this? Uh, yes, even though I said he will win, uh, when I was watching the practice and the qualifying, um, it should have been Landon Norris who should have won that race. He just got caught up with rain and having his inexperience in being out there and being a leader in the race. That just will call him out. And uh, McLaren should have been on there like saying, hey, like, come into the pits, change your tires right now. It's raining heavily. And he's like, no, let me drive. And that called him out, and Lewis got <laughs> advantage on that, and he won the race. That sounds like a very simple conversation the two of them had. Interesting. Uh, uh, it is, but, like, when you're driving at 200 miles per hour and you have someone in your ear, like, hey, come in. You're like, no, shut up. Let me drive. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> okay. That's very interesting. Very insightful. All right, now we have actual pictures. Now, now, this is not this week. This is next week, but you're going on vacation because you're spending all the money you made from that <laughs> first pick. So you you have picks. These are sponsored by no one. Uh, but we have futures and we have uh, a race winner here in Turkey. What do you got? So I have Red Bull to win the Constructors title at plus 175. I think they can do it. The, it's going to come down to Abu Dhabi, the last race of the season, between Red Bull and Mercedes and Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, I also have Max Verstappen to win the Drivers' Championship. I think he can do it. There's just two points between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. To win the champion. Mm -hmm. And then for next week's Turkey Grand Prix, I have Max Verstappen to win the race and Lando Norris to win the race because I think it's oh. a good number. But there has been a change in Lando Norris's number. It's now plus 20 to 1. Would you still bet it at 20 to 1? I would still take it at 20 to 1 because it's still a good number. He's a phenomenal racer. His car is just on point. He's been on point. He's just been a different class of a driver compared to last season. I've never seen Landon Norris this way at all. Nor have I, Mikhail. <laughs> Nor have I. Yeah, he's, tw you... he's 22 years old. He's my age. Oh. Oh, you wanted to shout that out for the ladies just in case they were listening? Absolutely. Did you get yeah. Lando Norris at 35 to 1? Is that why we put up 35? Well, you got him at 35 to 1? I got him at 35, right. yes. Maybe you're moving things uh, there, Mikhail. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. I think I speak on behalf of everyone where we say thank you very much, but we've had our fill of F1 for the day. <laughs> thank you so thank much. Thank you, Mikhail. Nice Mikhail, on. everybody, um, we're, we're seeking a sponsor. For that segment. Seeking a sponsor. Again, Red Bull to win the Constructors' Championship. F1 Futures at plus 175. Max Verstappen to win the Drivers' Championship at minus 140. And then as far as the race next week, Max to win the race. Mikhail's on a first-name basis with him, so I figure I could be too. Max to win the race at minus 110. And then a flyer on Lando Norris, which he got at 35-1, to 1, but can still be had at 20-1. to 1. Oh, and he, by the way, he has a Twitter uh, handle now. Can we flash that up on the screen again? Uh, if you, because we got some tweets about this last week. Hey, does he have some social media presence? Yeah, he do. Uh, it's at Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Abala, which is spelled M-I-K-H-A-I-L-A-B-H-A-L-L-A. -L -L -A. So just think of it this way. Mick Hale Abhala. I think that's how we all can remember it. She's using mnemonic tactics. Mikhail Abala. Mick Hale Abhala. F1, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Parlay back in his seat. Jeff, you okay? You, you, you recover from that? You all right? 
Come on, it's the, it's the best two and a half minutes in... Uh, do you think our listenership... Here's, here's the question. Do you think our listenership goes up during that segment, stays steady, or drops precipitously? I, I think it goes up a thousand percent. Do you really? Well, I mean, the accent alone brings it up, right? <laughs> it's phenomenal. Gotta have Mikhail on every week. This time slot every week. Uh, okay, so I wanted to ask you about Survivor. You are not in Survivor. I, of course, mm-hmm. care about nothing else but Survivor. Um... I'm thinking about the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow. In fact, we get a, we got a tweet about this. We got tweets at beating the book. Uh, Kenny G, Gil, can we take Cincinnati and Survivor? Uh, everyone is uh, talking Bill. When would we use them? Thanks, great show. I'm not sure what that part meant. But uh, my answer is, typically, if we're trying, again, Survivor's a misnamed game. We're not trying to survive. We're trying to win. And the anticipation will be for most people, I think, in Circa to take to take Cincinnati and Circus Survivor. So typically I would want to go the other direction. However, as I said before the season started, I'm not one of these people who grids it out, who maps it out in advance. I want to just survive the first four, five, six weeks of the season, and then I will map it out and play game theory. So I think I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals because I'll never use them again, right? No, nor will anybody else tomorrow night in Survivor against the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you feel about that, Jeffrey? You feel confident in that play? No, but it's ja- <laughs> it's just fading Jacksonville. And Gil, the the one that I'm looking at this week would be Buffalo. The only concern would be we got them. In, we have them on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. against New Orleans. Yep. Even though, uh, look, are are we realistically going to want to take Buffalo in the Superdome on a Thanksgiving night? That's the only thought process that I have. That's kind of like where we use Green Bay in Week Two. They play on Christmas. I was happy to use Green Bay. Yeah, though. we're not considering Cleveland and Green Bay on Christmas. No, I don't. I mean, uh, no. I mean, I, listen. I still, I've used one. I'm not trying to use more teams on Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's the thing. But like, also like the Chiefs. I don't think I want to expend the Chiefs here. I don't want to. I don't want to use them up either. By the way, I could not care less about the million dollar thing at the end. Was that million dollar thing to have both Kansas City and, and uh use one of the one of the two oh, of Tampa or KC in week, in week 18. eighteen. So I would still be eligible for that, but I don't really care about that. If you're winning six million, who needs the seventh million, for God's sakes? You just want to get there. I think I speak on behalf of everyone when I say that. Is there another like New Orleans? Let's talk about New Orleans for a second. So New Orleans is a is north of a touchdown favorite over the Giants. How come I don't trust that one at all? Well, they also are a Thanksgiving game, for one. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't agree with you. I do trust them to win that do you? game. Yeah, I, look, the the one concern would be, and I would I guess it has to do that you don't trust Jameis Winston. I do still. not. I, I think that's the only avenue that you could look at here. But you know, the Giants, are they're not quite the Holy Trinity. But they're number four if we were going to make it a quartet. Yeah. I, it's here's the thing. Also, though, we've again, you know, see Malcolm Gladwell blink effect on some of these things. Remember that season? I think it was two seasons ago. Don't hold me to that. It could have been three seasons ago when the Giants were winless and they had a primetime game against the Broncos and everybody was on the Broncos and the Giants rolled them. Am I remembering that correctly? Or was that the other way around where the Broncos rolled the Giants? There was a game like that. So I just. I, that kind of thing lodges in your head. Jeff is looking at me like I have no idea what you're talking about. No, trust me. I'm remembering this okay. So it was a Giants-Broncos game, I'm pretty sure. And so that was... I got, I got your game. Thank you. It was Giants at 49ers. 
Uh, but those teams were both horrible, so I don't think it was that no, one, actually. No, it was one where the Giants were winless. But anyway, the, the point being, they were a huge underdog and just rolled their opponent. Maybe it was the Broncos. Maybe I'm confusing the whole thing. But I just don't trust the Saints in this position. So I think I'm, ultimately, to answer that question, I think I'm ending up with the Bengals just by sort of deductive reasoning on this. And you're right, the Saints do play on Thanksgiving, but they host the Bills. Am I really going to play them there anyway? That wasn't really a, that wasn't really what dissuaded me from doing that. Bills, obviously, are, are the longest, are the biggest spread of the weekend, but they are. They, they do give you that option to play at the Saints on Thanksgiving, so you, you do want to kind of think about that. If you think Survivor's going to last at Thanksgiving. So far, it looks like it's going to last at Thanksgiving. Is there any other option that I'm forgetting about here? Well, there's two. You can take Tennessee at the Jets. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I, I'm not interested, especially if Jones and Brown don't play. Mm-hmm. What about taking Tampa on Sunday night? Use them. Well, then there you go. Then you can't, and obviously you can't. But what do you think of that for people who haven't used Tampa yet, though? I like that for the people who haven't used them. Because I, I, I honestly think this is one of these spreads. We're talking about so now contest entries because you and I talk about that every day. You and Wes Reynolds, a, a very tidy 11-4 and four stealth weekend Warriors alliance. I think the Buccaneers can name their score in that game. I think for all the hype this game is going to get, I think the Buccaneers can score 50. And I think Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are thinking about scoring 50. And there's no way the Patriots can match them. I would lay that six and a half in a heartbeat. So for Survivor... I get it. It's a road game. It's at Bill Belichick and the Patriots, but I don't think the Bucks are going to have any. Especially the Bucks come off a loss too. They're going to be ornery. I think that's a great. I mean, I think that's a solid pick. Now, there's going to be some people like I want to save Tampa Bay to Week 18. I, I wouldn't care about that. But that's a that's a pretty solid pick. What about Green Bay? If you haven't used Green Bay, what about Green Bay hosting Pittsburgh? I mean, in theory, sure. They again, you have the Christmas angle, but I don't know Pittsburgh to me. I mean, they won a Buffalo Week One. Like that shouldn't have happened, Gil. So, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to go against Pittsburgh, no matter how bad they look the last two weeks. Did you see how many times we've had to say, "Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, it's Christmas." They really, by adding that extra Christmas now, it was already crap shooty last year. Remember, we only had two games ultimately on Thanksgiving: Washington, Dallas, Houston, Detroit. It ended up being, but now that they've added that Christmas, like too many of these teams are involved. It's like, and then when you get there, not enough teams involved. It's really added a, a huge luck element. Yet another extra layer of luck to it. Curses, Michael Palm. We'll come back. Michael Lombardi next. I got a bevy of questions right here on a numbers game at Vison. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Proud sponsors of this year's program. Don't forget, get your payout before the game's out. With BetMGM, place a money line wager on Thursday night football, any Thursday night football game. And if your team's up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's the full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account and opt in each week with the Thursday night halftime payout promotion. Want to keep things rolling? Try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? Download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team's up by 10 or more, you'll win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Opt-in is required, however. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Remember, you have to opt-in on that to make all of that happen. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Uh, P2, Philly Boy, LV4223. He said, thanks for the tennis pick. Streets couldn't wait till Indian Wells. <laughs> the streets couldn't wait. I know, P2. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I uh, hope it works out again. The tennis pick is uh, just about to start. Teresa Martinkova over Tamara Zadancic. Martinkova is the pick uh, in Chicago. Don't play it over minus 135, though. Uh, let's say D-Gen Southern Gent. Oh, he's also asking about the Josh Towers segment. Would you say that it's a good strategy to consider targeting starting pitchers in contract years when handicapping the last week of the MLB season? It seems like even if their teams are out of contention, they'd be the most motivated to perform. I'll let Josh answer that because he would know as a, as a former player, but I'm going to guess that uh, they would be highly motivated. Yes, would be the short answer to that question. Uh, and then a whole bunch of tweets about Mikhail, Bill Jacoby, uh, nice Steve Martin King Tut reference with the F1 guy. Awesome. Thank you, Bill, for noticing. Trip Tepper, for these F1 updates, shouldn't Mikhail have a cappuccino and or cigarette in hand? This is a very European-themed segment, after all. Paul Zhang, more F1. Sully, some of us love racing, Gil. I know most people make fun of it, but it's actually growing more than ever. NASCAR F1 are at the top of my betting list. You'd be surprised how much value and money you can make. Sully, uh, this just in, I'm the one who's doing the segment. Uh, that's how I feel about F1. That's why I wanted to have Mikhail on uh, to do so. And we've had NASCAR on this show for years with Jeff Coliandro. So I hear you, brother. Uh, you don't have to uh, preach to this choir. 
Three Jack, H3131. Beer money on Lando Norris at 33 to 1 and 35 to 1. Let's go. Uh, Jason Hover, yes, Gillett was in fact a Giants Broncos game. You were correct. Sunday night game, I was there. And everybody sending me in that Giants Broncos, uh, yeah, box score 23 to 10. It was a Sunday night football game in 2017. The Giants were 0 and 5. So that's what I was referring to to the Malcolm, Blad- uh, Malcolm Gladwell blink thing. I've seen this act before from the Giants. 0-5, and they win it 23-10. to Michael Lombardi is here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he hosts the Lombardi line at the top of the hour. Uh, and uh, by the way, you should you should listen to this show. Patrick Maher is, is typically the co-host with Michael Lombardi. They do it Monday uh, through Friday. Actually, Michael's not here on Tuesday, but Michael's here six days of the week otherwise. Uh, invaluable resource to those of us here at the network to just pepper him with all kinds of... Uh, Football questions. Oh, by the way, more of those. Jason Hover. Yes, it was the Giants at Broncos Sunday night, October 15, 2017. I was there. So everybody uh, tweeting about F1 and that game. Michael is here from uh, his spot up there in Jersey. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, Gil. I get a little computer trouble here, so hopefully I'll get it fixed before my show. But all's good, my man. I appreciate you doing it, man. A little filibuster for me. No problem. We had tweets. We could read them. People people feeding back. I got so many questions for you. Let me try to get in as many as possible here as we head to week four. Um, Not kicking off. This has been sort of a cause for me. Uh, Not kicking off in the field. So not mortar kicking. uh, To burn five or seven seconds late in games as opposed to a touchback has cost teams... Uh, at least three games already by my count. At least it could have cost them games. Let me phrase it properly. Are teams that terrified of a run back, in your opinion? What do you think about that strategy of not mortar kicking? I'm talking about the Packers this past week uh, being the most recent. Yeah, the Packers, uh, the, actually the 49ers didn't do it. Yep. We saw Baltimore lose the game in, in Las Vegas because they didn't do it. Uh, we saw Dan Campbell. He didn't do it either. There's three right there. All of them came back to cost them. I mean, I think it's the most ridiculous thing. I'm screaming for it, but I don't think it's it's something that people are aware of. I mean, you know, all the networks in every one of those games, the Monday night game, that the the, the Detroit game, and then the, the Sunday night game, none of the announcers thought it was the right foot. They didn't even mention it. Didn't even mention it. They didn't even mention it. They didn't even mention it. It's like it wasn't even a voice of consciousness. So... Like, we scream about it. I scream about it on my podcast. People follow me on Twitter. They know it. They want to do it. Yeah. And you know what always ends up happening, Gil? What always ends up happening is the field goal goes gets kicked with three seconds left. Right. It's funny, too, Michael. I said it last week or so, a couple weeks ago, the first time it reared its head uh, during the season. And, you know, you always get the one random dude on Twitter that's like, oh, yeah, Gil, you know better than coaches. I'm like, dude, I got news for you. They might know X's and O's better, but when it comes to game management, they simply don't. It's incredible. And you just wonder. How about Jerry Jones chilling for his coach saying, well, you know, we've had problems here. You're paying him $8 million a year. He can't even manage a game. I mean, it would be like the president of Xerox saying, well, you know, we, we, we pay him $8 million because he's only good in a couple areas. Like, seriously, you know, what I are you paying the $8 million a year for? What, what's funny about that is I didn't even think that made, like, Mike McCarthy's top ten gaffes. I know people were outraged, including yourself, about that at the end of the first half. I actually didn't think that even made his top ten ever. No, I, neither did I. But, I mean, it doesn't surprise us, does it? No. And it certainly is a bad portent of things to come for any postseason run, that's for sure. Uh, let's go back to that Packers-Niners game. Fantastic finish, obviously, for Aaron Rodgers. 37 seconds, no timeout after the non-mortar kick. 
But how do defenses, Michael, allow one dude, and I'm talking about Devontae Adams, you literally know this is the guy we have to take out of this. He's the guy that can beat us. How do they let that happen? How do they let the one guy that can beat them beat them? Because they're playing X's and O's. They're not playing the receiver. You know, it's like, that's Devontae. You know, it's not an X receiver. It's Devontae Adams. Until we treat him, it's like treating a tight end who's not, you know, it's like treating Travis Kelsey like he's the tight end. I, I, it happens all the time. Like, the, there's names associated with these players. I can't explain it. You know, I would have, tra- you know, so rush three and trailed Devontae Adams and play zone everywhere. What's wrong with that idea? Take one guy, put him on Devontae Adams, play, everybody else plays zone. Everybody else plays zone. Yeah, and it's like, you know, Cooper Cup all of a sudden is the greatest wide receiver who's ever lived. Darren Waller, apparently you can't hold him down. So it's not just that one game, right? It's like it's like an epidemic of how you, how can you not scheme for this? How can you not defend this one player? I mean, if I were San Francisco, I would have treated Devontae Adams in that game like he was a, like he was a gunner on the punt team. I'd have had two guys on him the whole game. Can we talk about Indy for a second? I, I get it. It's not Phillip Rivers now. It's, it's Carson Wentz. But but generally speaking, outside of that, it's kind of the same team as last year. What do you make of them? Their offensive line isn't nearly as good as last year. They miss Costanza. They really do. They can't. They don't have the same power in that line. Nelson got hurt. The right tackle was out last week. I mean, they got pushed around by Tennessee. Can you imagine that? Tennessee pushed you around. They can't really run it. And this Wentz guy, I've defended him. Here in Philly, I've defended him. But is there a dumber player with the ball in his hands than Wentz? <laughs> <laughs> he's he does a lot of Jameis things where he's just like a whirling dervish. Let me flip this out in front and pray. He does yeah, that a like lot. No, no regard at all for the ball. Yeah. Could care less. Uh, you're the perfect person to ask this question of, because I've, I've talked about it on numbers game and on primetime action with my co-host Matt Brown and uh, Kelly Bidlin, but the subject of big Ben and I get it. It's Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins behind him. So maybe this question is moot because of that. There's really not a better alternative, but how, how would you, as a as a person in the front office, Michael, handle the the problem that is Big Ben? Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann for the U.S. Soccer Team famously said of Landon Donovan, uh, "Listen, we can't we can't play him based on his past history. He was a great player, but we have to play or or bench him based on how he is now." What would you do with Big yeah. Ben? That seems to apply. I, uh, uh, Gil, I said it this offseason. I, I, I would have brought him back. I, I didn't care that he would take a pay cut. I wouldn't have brought him back. He was done to me last last March. I thought it was over for him. I thought it was over for him. And their offense is, you know, I mean, Matt Canada took over. Now, Matt Canada was very successful at Pitt when he was running that those tight end under routes all the time. He went into Clemson and almost beat him, I think. And then he got the LSU job. And then, of course, that did only lasted for about five or six games. I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, they, they can't. He doesn't want to play under center. Right, he doesn't want to play under center. He can't really drive the ball, and he's a statue back there with an offensive line that's horrible. Bad lines don't travel. He's going to Green Bay this week. Is it going to get better? How? How's it going to get better? He can't move. They can't block. I, I would. I, I think to me, I think the mistake they made was in March. They brought him back. Let me ask you this question, Gil. If he looks this bad in September, what do you think he's going to look like in December? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to guess not better, Michael. It's going to be my, my knee-jerk response. Uh, we got to go, but on the, on the way out, let me ask you this. Uh, Cam Newton, is there no market for him? Like, we've kind of forgotten about that dude. Yeah, no, I think it's just that he couldn't throw the ball. And if you're going to go with Cam, I think you have to invest all the way in with him. And I think nobody wants to do that. 
Michael, you're the best. We'll all be listening to Lombardi Line, top of the hour. Thank you, sir, as always. Thanks, Gil. Michael Lombardi, everybody, former NFL executive, which who has worked with uh, Parcells, Walsh, Belichick, Al Davis. I'm going to do his Al Davis imitation shortly, one of these days, too. Uh, enjoy Lombardi Line next at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.